Uh, there's a strength in the church right now. And I say right now, I don't mean that. I believe, feel like we have embarked on a threshold of a strength to where that like we have just decided to refuse some things that the devil is trying to throw at us. Right? And uh, there's a, a prayer team made up about 49 people that will pray night or day. Brandy, they're the ones that went to bat for you the other night. Roger, when you let us know about it. And they went to bat. That, they got there in the middle of that night and they fought for you. Amen. Billy, same way with Dad. And everyone prays in general. And we all pray. But God has a specific group of powerful warriors that God has been raising up for a, for a period of years in this church that know how to stand in the face of the devil and tell him no. <laughs> and I'm so proud. I'm so thankful. Thank you for allowing Lane and I to be away. It's been, we know, a real extended time. Uh, it's really been enjoyable. I tell you what, I love that girl. And uh, I, I tell her, man, I love God and I love her. And I love being with her. And, and it's been such a joy. But in the spiritual sense, I want to thank you so much. When I went away, I went away with one thing in mind. I did not know how to fight on the level that we were fighting on. The Lord has spoken to my heart several months ago and said that we had attracted, the church, I mean, had attracted a realm of darkness, a principality realm of darkness. And I know that according to Ephesians chapter 6, the demonic powers are in different degrees of strength. And it's powers, principalities, rulers of darkness, and spiritual wickedness. And the Lord said we had attracted from the higher levels of demonic power attacks. And they were, and I began to look around the church and, and you were going through unusual, unbelievable attacks. And I knew that we were on a level. I was, I was out. I just didn't know how to handle it. Down through the years, we've learned how to, hopefully, God's taught us, how to cast out a few minor demons and, and how to stand against a few devils and to believe God for healings and to, and to trust the Lord. That's been the work of the church over the last many, many years. But when the Lord spoke that to me, all of a sudden, I sensed my inadequacy. I knew that I did not know how to fight on that level. And as I began to study that level, it kind of fear kind of gripped my heart. Because on that level, there are strategies, there's plans, strategic moves are made out of that second heaven. And out of that second, the Bible says that we fight those in that heavenly sphere. Now, the Bible clearly points out that the Lord in the third heaven is the highest heaven, highest of all, praise God. But underneath them, there's that realm of darkness, that, that power and principalities. And I think normally in Christian life, we never face those guys. I think those guys are the ones that went after the Hitlers, that went after to, to change those minds and change those hearts. Those are the guys that stir, stir up world actions, uh, large amounts of, uh, of um, deaths and things like that take place. But normally, on our normal activity, we usually fight, I think, the demon. That's where Jesus said that a believer cast out demons. And that's that devilish 
little de- demon power that tries to fight us and tries to come against us. And then what those bring, sicknesses, diseases, all those things that Psalms 91 says the Lord has delivered us from, redeemed us from. So, but when the Lord spoke that, I knew that he was calling for a, a level that I was powerless in. I did not know how to fight. And so one of the major ob- objectives I've had in the last, when I went away, was to be full of, and that's just the way I approached the Lord. I said, God, I don't know how. And I began to look at your lives. I was not able to protect you. I was not able to fight for you in the right kind of way that I felt like I should. was not able to train the church to, uh, to come into that type of warfare. And so, and that's just what I told the Lord. I said, Lord, I don't know how to fight on this level. So you've got to, so you've got to teach me. And, and, and I've had week after week in the presence of the Lord. And every day has been stronger warfare than I've ever been engaged in. But I can say this, it's been more wonderful than I've ever been engaged in. As the Lord would try to train me and teach me to fight on a higher level against those forces, I found a joy and a strength that I never knew was possible. Because where evil increases, grace Doth much more about, and so I found a grace of God that was so wonderful, and so and I found a release in the battle I'd never found, a, a release, a peace in the battle. That's all that grace that comes out is that evil abounds. The grace doth much more. Everybody say doth much more. I say the devil's no match for God in <laughs> no way. And I tell you what, because everything God does is much more. And so it just abounded so much. And so it was, it's been a wonderful, wonderful season. I do really come back. I wish I, wish I could tell you what I know. Cause I don't, I, I, it's not like that. It's, 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 it's in an arena. Like I don't understand the powers and principalities. I, that it's an arena that, that, that you, you get, you're in, that you can't find words to, de, to describe it. You know when you're there and you know when the battle's engaged and you know the victory of the Lord and you feel the power of the blood of Jesus. And, and I don't know, it's just like words can't describe it. Maybe the Lord will help me sometime to bring that into words. But right now, I just don't have those words. So I'm going to go back and preach to you this morning. We're going to talk about probably the most, it is the most important thing once a person comes to the Lord that you can engage your life in. It is the most important thing with God. In fact, you can backtrack it and it's the very reason that we were saved. And that is the call of God. The most important thing in your life to engage in, to give your life to, is the call of God. There's not any question whether every person here is called of the Lord. You've been called by God. And you answering that call. Number one is finding out what that calling is. The Bible says in the book of Revelations that when we get there in that wonderful place, the books with S will be open. Now, in those books is the book, too. 
Now, the book is the great book. And that book is the Lamb's Book of Life. And that's the one that, when opened, that we will so wonderfully want to find our name written. Because when our names is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that means we get to live with Jesus forever. And so wonderful. But it says not only was a D book, but it was books. Now, book of, of Psalms gives us an idea of at least another one of those books that will be opened. And the Bible says that, that every day of our life is written. God has written it in His book. That's why the call of God is so important. You finding out what the call of God is on your life, preparing your life for that call, and then answering that call is the most important thing in your life. One day we will all stand before the Lord. We will first be looked at in accordance with the book. Everybody say the book. The book for our names to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And that's the wonderful one. But we will also stand accountable for the books. What that means is, what did I do with my life? Did I live out God's purposes? Did I find out, did, did I consider it valuable enough to seek out God's calling on my life? And then did I consider it valuable enough to prepare up my whole life for it? And then did, was I faithful with it to when the Lord opened the door that I walked through to do what God had called me to do? The results is that we will live with forever the results. Whether we will live with the rewards that God will bring into our life or where we will be rewardless. What I'm saying, there will be a penalty. The penalty for not walking in the calling of God. So it's of vital importance. And probably on the Lord's mind, it's of the most importance. And it should be on the mind of every believer. And I believe that a person that is truly saved, as their spirit is born again, there's, there's something that ignites in them at that moment. And usually the next question is, what do you want me to do? Just as Paul, immediately when he had the revelation of Jesus, immediately, what do you want me to do? Because we know that we were all born with an eternal destiny. Now, I've talked a little bit about it to you before. I've talked about what the call of God um, some ingredients that involved with it. But I want to cover just for a few minutes this morning, I want to talk about the eternal value. That the call of God on your life 
has an eternal value. Not only to God, but to you. And not only to you, but to every other person that you ever come in contact with, that it was the will of God that they come in contact with the call of God in your life. So it's, it's just utmost important that we locate it. Now, some people are born when they they come up from from the altar of point of salvation, and they don't stop till they know it. Then other people come up with that same desire, but they let that desire kind of drift with all the other desires of their life, and for their before they know it, then. The call of God is just another one of those things that they would like to do in life. Always held in a sentimental value, probably. But not to the value that God intended. Not to the value that would cause a person to change everything about themselves that would be unlike that call to even change associations and circumstances, geographic positions, they'd be willing to change everything to answer the call of God in their life. Now, I know what it is to greatly desire the call of God, then I know what it is to run from the call of God, then I know what it is to hide from the call of God, then I know what it is to treat it previously. previously. Then I know what for God to try to re- bring revival in my heart over the call of God. When I got up from, from salvation, when I accepted Jesus there in front of that television screen with Billy Graham that night, and then I think it was the next night or the next two nights later, I confessed Jesus as my Savior to Shirley, my sister, for the first time. And then something immediately happened. And I really not say that it's not because it's me. It's, this happened in all of us. I want to stir up some things. <laughs> I want to stir up some things that's already there. And then immediately there was this unction in me, this, this, this almost uncontrollable desire to find out what God had called me to do. And, and to some way prepare my life and... And spend the rest, I knew, when I was saved, I knew I would spend the rest of my life on this wonderful journey of the call of God. I mean, I knew that to the point, I told you, the last time I talked to you about this, I told you that, that when, I, uh, when I got saved, I got so radically saved. Lane and I was radically saved. I mean, man, one day, I mean, we didn't know nothing about God. Next day, we, we was acting like God expert, you know. I mean, we were, we were thinking that we knew it everything. But uh, the process of it, uh, some of my family, in fact, it was my father-in-law. My father-in-law thought that I had gone off the rocker so bad, he thought I had taken drugs and overdosed. He did. <laughs> now, he later became one of the African members of this church and one of the great leaders in this church. But at that point, he thought he had had a son-in-law that had completely gone off. And his only answer was, he's taken too many drugs, it's, he's, he's had it. And I was, so I went to college. He called a college before I got there. He called them and told them 
that his son-in-law was coming, but I went off in drugs, so it didn't. It was I wouldn't know what I was doing. Just because that I just felt it was that much difference. I mean, from the point you didn't love Jesus to the point you did love Jesus. Well, I went to. I felt led right after that cause, to pursue a call of God, and so only place I knew to start. I hadn't went to Sunday school. I hadn't done those things. So I went to Bible school. I didn't know what a Bible school was. And I'll show you that in just a moment. I didn't know what it was, but a guy got up and gave a testimony, I think, the Sunday after I got saved. And he talked about he went to Bible school. I said, oh, that's what I need, man. I need to find out who David is. And I need to find out who those guys are that they're talking about. And so I went to Bible school. But I honestly thought I was the only person in the world that had ever been called since Paul. I honestly thought that. I, I thought that I was the only, I had this marvelous... But, but I immediately, I just uh, uh, had this such change and this desire. But I was so much into the call of God, I thought I was the only person that had ever been called. So I showed up at Bible college, and I went in. I, I'm, they hadn't even really started that, and I went in, and I said, this is my conversation to them. I have been called by God <laughs> to come here. And they said, oh, well, that's good. We have a lot of others that have been. I said, no, you don't understand. I have been called by God. And I, I thought they were going to just all fall out and faint. Whoa, we got another person that's been called by God here. And so then they immediately switched gears and they said, well, let's work out the finances. I said, hold it. You don't understand. Ah. Been called by God. <laughs> well, our dialogue went on for quite some time. <laughs> A funny ending to that. They let me in school. I didn't have any money. <laughs> they let me in school. And it came the last day, you know, the day where you take your finals, where you, where you have to go in and, and prove that you have paid that. I knew I hadn't paid a thing. So, man, I, was, I, I went in that day, and that, by that time, the call of God had kind of got waned because I found a, two or three other thousand people that they felt that same. So, 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 so I went in, I, I went to that desk there to tell them that I didn't have the money anymore. And um, I didn't have the money, I, I didn't have the money to pay, so I wouldn't be able to take my finals. So, you know how, how you do it? I made sure that everybody else got before me because everybody else going to, oh, let me write my check and let me write. And they were all called to God too. So they could go right on, say, write their checks out and go right on. There I was. So I made sure they all went first. And I, here I come up in the line. I walked up there and I said, well, I'm Jerry Abels. And I, I didn't tell them I was called to God that time. So I, I said, I can't, I can't pay my bill. So she said, just a minute. So she went back in the little room, came back. Big smile on her face. And she said, Jerry Abels, she said, I don't know, but your bill is completely paid. And uh, all of a sudden, oh, I'm the Jerry Abels that's called by God. <laughs> but it's just, and still you had experiences like that. So where that, man, what God had done to you, you thought, man, he's never done this in anybody. 
anybody before, right? But that's how important the call of God is to the Lord. God puts in each one of us, and it's, 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 it's as if no one else really matters. There's only one thing that matters. I answer the call of God. And, uh, and so, it's, it's so being the vital important place, so let, let's start with there, right there, if we're good. I've talked to you about the, the call of God to know Him. You've got to first start with the call of God that you know <laughs> before God's going to talk to you about the call of God you don't know. So you've got to first start right where God has things that you know. You know, you know sometimes people come to me and they say, but Jerry, I, I'm feeling called to preach. And I, I say, well, you haven't been here in six months. Where you, you know? I mean, you've got to first start. See, it's those lines of obedience that make you open for the great moves of God. And so you start right there where you know. Uh, and then I talk to you about that you're called not only to know God, but you're called to live close to God. I mean, I mean if you're going to work for Him, you've got to know Him. Right? You've got to become acquainted with Him. He's, he has to be alive in your heart. And now I want to talk to you about the third area, and that's the eternal. The call of God's forever. And that will make you, by you facing it with eternity, will cause the call of God. Uh, in fact, the book of Second Peter, it says... Verse 9, uh, chapter 1. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure you was called a God, you know. Yes, uh, <laughs> getting a little mixed up. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted and blind. What he's talking about, people that fail to grow. If you're not growing, there's no need of you looking for what God has called you to do. Because the first will of God in all of our lives is that we grow. I come to the Lord and I, I change my life to fit Him to where I can know Him. And then the second thing that I know is the will of God is that I grow. I must find whatever it takes to cause me to sprout and to become fruitful in my life. So whatever degree of change that demands, <clears throat> or I said, that's what he's talking about here. He said, but those who fail to develop in this way, are short-sighted and blind, and forgetting that they've been cleansed from their old sins. If you want to know what God's called you to do, you've got to be engaged in getting sin out of your life. See, the Lord is not going to be able to use you to help a lot of people if they're going to look through the very next thing and see you in a worse bondage than they're in. So you've got to give yourself to the call of God and the call of God to live a holy life. So whatever it takes, men say, I'm called. but I'm called to get sin out. Somebody said, I'm called. I'm called to quit being a drug addict. I'm called. I'm called to quit drinking. I'm called to quit cursing. And I told you before, that's the one Lane has a problem with. And... But whatever it is, you're called. I'm called of God to do this. I'm called of God to get my life into some kind of decent order where God then can give me a mission. Everybody say, give me a mission for my life. 
So I'm called to God to know Him, to develop intimacy. Then I'm called of God then also to simply live a holy life. <clears throat> All right. Second Peter chapter 1. Talking about e- eternity. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted and blind, forgetting that they were cleansed from their old sin. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you are really among those who are called and chosen. Now, let me say again, the Bible strictly tells us that many are called. So, being called is one thing. Finding out, I praise the Lord for people that press through and know what their calling is. I praise God for those that press through to try to prepare for their calling. But that's not the ultimate goal either. The ultimate goal is to be called and to be chosen. For God to see your desire for Him. See, God believes it like this. For God so loved the world that He gave His life. God expects us to so love God that we give our life. God expects us to do that, to simply love Him enough to give Him our life. And God expects us to appreciate Him to that degree. So where that we will love Him enough for what He's done for us. How many of you are just so thankful for what He brought you out of? How many of you are just so thankful for what He's done? How many of you are just so thankful that you don't have to map out your future anymore, that God is mapping out your future? See, God expects us to be so thankful and appreciative for what He's done. To our next statement is, God, I'll give you my whole life. What do you want me to do, Father? Now, the Bible says that the calling that was on Jesus' life, the Bible said in the book of Acts that Jesus was manifested to do what? To destroy the works of the devil. Ultimately, that is the mission for all of our life. Just as Jesus was manifested to destroy the works of the devil, then we in our lives and our callings that will end up producing us, sending us forth in a mission of some type to do something for God. Whether it's to your neighbor that's across the street or whether it's down the, the, the street to the children that's there or whether it's to a foreign nation, ultimately that's where it will always produce. But it's to always do the same thing. Somebody says, well, I'm afraid because I won't know what to do. Man, you just stop the devil. That's what you do. Everywhere that the devil sticks his ugly head up, you stop him. But you learn that first in your private life. Because first you're called to a life of holiness. And then so you learn how to stop the devil. And you learn how to fight the enemy. And how how to push his lies out of your life. And how to resist the devil, the Bible tells us. And so... You're called all that time. The most perfect preparation that you can give, can give for your future is stop what the devil's doing now. <laughs> now, the problem with people that are, they have a problem with their calling, they develop theologies with where they are. <laughs> for example, if you're attacked by the enemy today on a certain arena, be careful not to develop a theology around today. Because tomorrow you're to be stronger. And the next day you're to be stronger. And what the devil got on you last week, you'll never be able to get it on you again for the glory of God. Amen? So the only theology we know is kick the devil out. 
Wherever he sticks his ugly head up, kick the devil. Kick the devil out of our family. Kick the devil out of our lives. Kick the devil out of our thoughts. Kick the devil out of whatever is going on. That becomes the process of it. Amen. And, and then it says, work hard to prove that you're really among those who are called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Then verse 11, it says, then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom. That's what I'm saying. The callings of God are eternal. They're forever. What you do in this life gives a response to your entrance into the next kingdom. How you walk in the next kingdom will be determined by you following the calling of God in this life. Now, I want to close with this. I want to close with giving you five quick steps of answering the call of God. Five quick things that we need to do to help us answer the call of God in our life. The first one, we simply need to wake up. And what I'm talking about from that, we need to wake up spiritually. We need to realize that there is a spiritual entity inside of it that must be forever caused to live. You can never allow, you can never allow the aliveness of God to die in you. The first call of God that you have on your life is to awake to spiritual. Awake to things spiritually. Awake to what the Lord said. Awake to the desire for God. Awake to hear from God. Awake to a spiritual life. And you've got to always fight for that. Because what the devil will do, he will always try to form counterfeits that will compete with the truth in your life. The devil will always try to form things in your life that will run competitive against keeping Jesus alive in your life. I mean, he'll cause an overload at work. He'll cause an overload with the family. He'll cause an overload in every case. He will try to do as many things as he can to cause competition. The way you win that battle is never let anything compete with your love for God. That's why the first way... To answer the call of God is simply seek God with all your heart. That's what Jesus said in His reasoning. He said, that's the first and foremost thing. Seek God first. Put Him as the first one. Never let anything compete. The moment I quit jobs, when they began to compete with my love for God, I've had to quit so many other times. I didn't quit that I would suffer. But I want you to never let anything or anybody compete with the love of God in your heart. Keep Jesus alive. Amen. The second thing is, is to not only call to wake up, but you call to come up. When God began to deal with people that callings of God, you notice He always called them up. Uh, Moses uh, came up the mountain. Uh, Elijah, when he had to come to terms with the call of God, he had to come up the mountain and go in the cave. Uh, David became a cave dweller because God would always call them. And what they're saying, they're going to take some effort out of you. It's, it's going to take some, it's, it's so much easier, it's so much easier to fall down the mountain than to climb up the mountain. Because climb up the mountain means I'm going to have to change. That brings discipline into my life. That means if, if I want the call of God, I'm going to have to discipline my lives in ways that will bring me to that closer place to that call. That, that, that means I'm going to have to climb up that mountain and be willing to. Now, I can just see that picture. I can just see Moses. As God's calling him. Come up, Moses. I'm coming, God. 
coming God. Come on up, Moses. But the further I come, God, the further I grow from other things that I've loved. The further I come up the mountain, God, the further I'm getting with what I used to call life. God says, I know, Moses. That's why I've called you. Come up. And if a person is not willing to come up to God, come up to have the presence of God in your life, then you would never do anything with the call of God. Because God strains us out. He, he uses these first levels of the call of God to find out who really loves Him and who is really paying the price. You know, I've did a, I've did, I have done a disservice at this church as pastor for years. The Lord... So wonderful. I love God. You know, God gets on to you like Siri gets on to you. Siri, you know, Lane will be sitting here. And I'm driving. I make a wrong turn. Well, Lane's not Siri. Because Siri just says, recalculating, recalculating, recalculating. <laughs> and Siri has a way of getting you on the right track. In a nice way. <laughs> but that's the way that's the way God is. God don't want to yell at you, He don't want to scream at you. He just wants to talk to us. And He wants to share those things with us, you know. Well that's what He did with me. And I Lord, let me see that my gifting had gotten in the way of your growing. So many times. My gifting is to care about your need. I'm a shepherd. I know that. And a shepherd's heart, heart hurts when your heart hurts. Many of you have shepherding gifts in this body. You know what I'm talking about. But there's a difference in the gifting of God and the calling God. Both of those are without repentance. You understand? What God's gifted you with, God wants to be there. What God's called you to, He doesn't want to recall you. He wants that. Because it's without repentance. But the giftings of God is what makes life easy. The calling of God is what makes it impossible. The giftings of God keep you over here where you, where you feel right and everything feels secure. And, and Don't you just hate that? You know, you work on a job of somebody that's gifted right beside you to do what you're doing. And there, that gifted person, there you are straining your guts out to try to get it, to think it, figure it out. And then that person right beside you, they're gifted in that area. They, they just tiptoe through the tulips and do their little thing. That's because the giftings of God make it easy. But the calling of God makes it impossible. And the Lord, let me see, I had taken my gifting of pastoring and I had allowed you in your life to center around you because I center around you. I center around your needs. And your life will never be satisfied as long as you center around you. As long as you're the center of your universe, 
If it's always what you need, what you, what God wants to do for you, the way God wants to help you, you will never be really used by God. See, because that's not the center of our universe. The center of a believer's universe is God. Lord, what do you want me to do? Now, a person that's growing, as you come growing, you know God, you come to know God, and that's part of your calling, to know God. As you, then you know God wants you healthy. He wants to help you. He wants to help you win every battle. He wants to take care of you. You see, those things you know, but you can't center around those things. You've got to center around. Jesus said, take up my cross and follow after him. I've got to center my life around the calling of God on my life. Because I may live the rest of my life to prepare for three years of living out the calling of God. That's what Jesus did. Jesus lived 30 years preparing for three years to be used for God. So that's the way callings are a lot of times. And the callings of God have to bring you into the impossibility. The callings of God, the surefire way, I always say, I say when you're excited about your calling, you're always looking for the storm. What does it mean? You're looking for that place that you're going to have to step out on that water and trust God like you've never trusted Him before. Because that's what the calling of God does. The calling of God wants to let God shine and not so much us shine. And so the calling of God is always looking for that. So, so a lot of times you can't, what I'm saying, you can't look at the calling of God to be your gifting from God. Because your gifting of God will help you do it easily. But the calling of God is going to call you to do it in unbelievable ways and ways you could never, ever do it before. All right, praise God. So, so all right, so come up. The third one. Come out. If I want the call of God in my life, I've got to be willing to come out of some things. I've got to be able to come out to some relationships. I've got to be willing to come out of some thinking. I've got to become, be willing to come out of some feelings that I have. Because, see, the honest truth about it, the Lord, I mean, the, pardon me, the devil, when, when God was writing that book about us, and on the day that we were created, and Holy Spirit was there... And the Holy Spirit was so excited because he knew God had written every day of our life in a book. That God had our destiny planned out. That God had all these mighty callings of God. That the Lord had all these great missions that God was going to to do on that. That he had all of these exciting things about that that was worked out there. And so the devil said, I'll corrupt your personality. I'll corrupt you. I'll put things in you that you'll never, ever be able to overcome. So what happens is you can never judge that. See, because giftings are easy, but, but callings are hard because God's going to have... See, Jesus is a confronter. It's hard for me to see Him like that because I always see Him as Siri. But, but He is a confronter. Jesus confronts my sin. He, he confronts my bad attitude. He confronts my laziness. And, and He's a confronter, see. And the Lord knows if I'm ever going to come into the calling of God that God has, I've got to be willing to come out from those things. So I've got to say, God, 
I can't even clean myself up. Only you can clean me, God. But Holy Spirit, I give you the right to prepare me for the calling that you have for me. And those things that's in my life that's not right, that will hinder my future. God, I give you the right. And you know how the Lord does that, don't you? You enter into battle, man. You've been in the battle. See, because the fourth thing, not only does God have to be willing for my calling to call me out, I've got to be willing for my calling to call me through. God's going to sing things from all of our life through the things that we go through. And some of you, because you missed the step on knowing God, then you don't know that you can trust Him in the fire. And you don't know that you can trust Him in the water. And you don't know that you can trust Him there. And what's liable to happen is, what you're going through may get you. What you're going through, it may develop hardness, unforgiveness. You may become ungentle, uncaring. And develop into the very person that will stop your calling. So you've got to, in the process of knowing God, call, you're called to know God first. In the calling, you know God's going to carry me through. I can trust the Lord. I may not understand what I'm walking through, but I can trust Him. I may not understand what I'm going through, but I can trust Him. I know He won't leave me here because God's carrying me. He's carrying me through this thing and He's carrying me somewhere else. I can trust the Lord. See, because God is dependent on me going through this. Not letting it get me. Not letting it stop me. I've got to go through this. I've got to get through this thing. I, I've got to. And, and truly, when I talk about getting through it, it's like I was talking about earlier. What's your idea of victory in God today will grow higher tomorrow. You may see getting through that problem today one way, and you give yourself two years of growing, you may see yourself getting through that problem in a totally different way. God has growing us. So you've got to be willing to be called through it. And just say, God, I'm going through this thing. This thing's not going to get me. It's not going to stop me. It's not going to stop the will of God in my life. I'm going through this thing, God. I'm going through it for your glory. Amen. Then the last one. Not only God calls through it, but God called us with it. With me meaning this. The calling of God on all of our lives is going to be bigger than any one of us can do. God's going to call us with people. And some of us are not ready for that. That's why you're going through things now that you can't pray yourself out of. But there's somebody that God will send with you that will help you pray yourself out of that. And if you've developed your little ideas of people I like and people I dislike, people that speak well or people that don't speak well, people that criticize or people that don't criticize. If you develop that about yourself, then you're going to become a person that's unusable because God is going to need to add people with you to win your battle. 
And if you're cutting them off, for, for, so you've got to let God develop us. God has to work in our personality. God has to develop in our character. God has to go all See, what the enemy did in all of our personalities by the age of five, he came to destroy what was written in that book. He come to build hardships in our personality that we would never be able to live out the rest of that book. But he got fooled because God gave us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit can go beyond those things. God can heal us even when we don't even understand what the healing is. But, but, but because we desire God and desire His presence, I tell you, what, I love those moments when we're worshiping God. Man, God's maybe healing my, uh, my goozle, where my goozle is. God, God may be healing me. God may be healing my personality, healing a distraction. I mean, God is a healer for the glory of God. And because you've got to be willing to let God call you with, call you with, call you with, call you with, then see, there's just certain things. Man, I am such a loner. I, I am, I, I, I get, I freeze up with people. People don't think that because you're seeing the grace of God, what you're seeing right now. You're not seeing me. Because as a child, that was built into my personality that I wasn't worth anything. And because of that lie that was built, it keeps me running from people. But in the name of Jesus, look what God put me doing. He put me in the front where I can't run from people. See, God is healing us. Because God's called us with. And if we will allow God, if we will allow God to to call us out and we will allow God to call us up and we will allow God to call us with and we'll allow God to call us through it won't be long where God's going to say I got a mission for you man I got a mission for you I've got a mission for you I want you to go to Pine Bluff and I want you to put that place on fire I want you to see every person there saved I want you to build a church of 10,000 amen or whatever it is, God have God's got plenty of missions. Amen for the glory of God. How many want to last till the mission comes? Amen. We want to last till the mission comes, and we're just determined. The call of God is going to be important in our life for the glory of the Lord. Well, let's stand. We'll close tonight. Lord, I want to thank you for the preciousness of your call. Now I want you to just Take a moment there, if you would. I want you to allow the Lord to develop a sentimental value in, toward the call. I want you to just talk to the Lord about it. Say, Lord, I, I would really like to know what I'm called to do. And then, Lord, I, I would like to know. I'd like to know in the pre- preparing this call. Lord, I'd, I'd like to. I want to be used for you, God. And, Lord, I, I want this to be so important in my life. Lord, I, I want the call. I, I want people... <laughs> To look at me one day and say, oh, that's not a person that's a millionaire. I want them to look at me and say, that's the person that gave it all for the call of God. I want, I want them to say, that's not a person that's been damaged by drugs. That's a person that gave it all for the call of God. That's a person that didn't come through a divorce. That's a person that gave it all for the call of God. That's a person that gave their life for the call of God. And I tell you what, if we'll leave that kind of lineage on earth, we'll take that torch that Jesus has put in our hand and we'll pass it into that next generation for the glory of God in Jesus' powerful name. Now, Lord, we pray right now for the call of God in our life. Lord, we ask you, Lord, to create in our heart, 
Lord, such a desire for the calling, to know the calling, to walk in the calling. Lord, create such a desire in us, Lord, to not give up until we know what our calling is and then not give up, Lord, till we're prepared for that calling and then not give up, God, until we're walking in that calling and not give up, Lord, till we lay that calling at your feet one day for the glory of God. Lord, I give you praise and give you glory in Jesus' name.